live <laughs> from the Boom Studios in New York City. It's the Hospitality Hangout Podcast with the restaurant guy and the finance guy. We've got our whiskey on the rocks because we got Kings County Distillery Whiskey here, Jimbo. King man. And we're, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and we like to mix that up with a little Pepsi, right? We have a Pepsi in the Kings County, Jimmy. Let's go, it's man. Little, it's a little early. It's what little do we early. got? You're Never right. too early. You know, it's. Uh, I have to tell you, if I'm going to be drinking Kings County and I'm going to be drinking Pepsi, I want to be with you, Chatsy. That's I, what gotta, I, mean. I love it. That's what I, I want to be enjoying this with. I agree. I agree. All Let's right. kick it off, All man. Right, listen, I want to welcome you formally to the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic Hospitality share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I did introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we're the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, 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 and managed food service businesses, Jimmy. The intersection of that, are we? Uh, we have the intersection of that. But, Jimmy, before we get that, because we got a great guest and we got a great show, I got to talk about something that's been on my mind that's bothering a lot, me and a lot of operators out there. Jimmy? As an operator in the restaurant space, I got to tell you, you know, you're always looking for an edge, right? Edge. Yes. It's tough out there. It's tough. It's tough to make money. It's a tough business. You know that margins are slim, man. And right now, labor, labor seems to be top of mind. Am I right? Number one answer on the family. Everyone's talking about labor. Well, I got to tell you, Jimmy, what if I told you there was a solution out there to help you as an operator hire the best candidates very easily, very simply, and just the best candidates? What would you say? I'd say, tell me more. Oh, and I will, Jimbo. I will. We got to go to Our Work, okay? You go to Our Work, OurWork.com, Jimmy. It's a solution. You get that every operation will be using Our Work because Our Work, they just came out with a report, Jimmy, the Our QSR Wage Report. Jimmy, it's free. It features data from over 100,000 quick service restaurants. I like free and I like surveys from 100,000 quick serve restaurants. Yeah, and, and, and I got to tell you, it has jobs, thousands and thousands of jobs in over 900 zip codes. Now, I don't know how many zip codes there are, Jimmy, but 900, that's a big number. That's covering like the Upper East Side. That covers the Upper Side of Manhattan, I think. Did you know the Empire State Building has its own zip code? I didn't. I know that now. Yeah, yes. that's a fact. That's a fact. And our work covers the Empire State Building. <laughs> that, that zip code and 899. Yeah, so if you're looking for a job and you're in the uh, Empire State Building, you go to ourwork.com, you get it covered. Anyway, listen, it's easy to use software. It, it, it can double applicant flow and increase retention by 30%. Jimmy, say that. Double applicant flow and increase retention by 30%. Our work serves nearly 8,000 restaurants and calls brands like McDonald's and Domino's. Get your free report at qsrwages.com. Uh, use the code podcast and get a free gift. I don't know what the free gift is, but I'm being told by many people who got the free gift. It's an incredible free gift. All right, Jimmy, let's go right to the podcast because we got a guest waiting in the wings. I like it. Knowledge is power. Our work. And you didn't even use the jingle. Okay. Didn't listen. even use the jingle. Didn't use the jingle. Ourwork.com. There it is. All right. Copyright Chatsy. All right. We are very excited to welcome our friend and our guest today. Joining us on the podcast, Mr. Mark Bruno, COO of Our Mark. It's going to be a good show. Chatsy, how excited are you to have a big guy? Literally, this is big stuff now. I got to be honest, Jimmy. We, we, I don't know how we get the guests. I don't know who we're doing what with, but it is amazing to have a guest like this, of this stature, okay. in our... St 
it, it, not in our studio, but here. Here, here, here. Yeah. Studio uh, uh, optically or otherwise. Listen, before we invite Mark in, who clearly is like, can you let me on the show already? Um, we're going to do Trivia Tuesday. Our podcast comes out on, on Tuesdays. So uh, we are going to play our game, Two Truths and a Lie. Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, if you don't know how it works, I'm going to ask Mark, I'm going to say rather three facts about our friend Mark. Two are true. One is false. And you have to stick around to the end of the episode to find out which one was. The- I think I'm undefeated. I th- you're very good at this game, Shatsy. In yeah. fact, I wish we could get compensated for this game because you're really good at this one. So okay. much. I'd be so ridiculous. Here we go. Mark Bruno. Fact one. Mark helped launch roadfood.com in 1999, which won Yahoo's best website of 2000. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I like yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. A lot of detail in that. Yep. How hard to fake that one. I yeah, you can't. Okay. Uh, fact two. Mark finished the old 49er. Okay, steak challenge in 37 minutes, fourth fastest time ever at Billy Bob Jack's Barbecue Shack. Say that 10 times fast. Oh, Billy so Bob that's a Jack's lot of detail Barbecue also. Shack. You can't make that up. All right, 37 minutes, the old 49er. In fact, three, Mark has seen every one of Michael Phelps' Olympic medals in person. Jets, I know you see them in magazines on YouTube. And you know what I say? Mark says he's seen them in person, every one of Michael Phelps' medals. Yeah, I got to be honest. He made that one up. Made that one up? 100%. Not a lot of yeah. details. But by yeah. the way, so random. It's like all the medals? That's a lot of medals. Mm. All right. Listen, remember, stick around to the end of the episode. Yeah, I think I got this nailed. You think you got this one nailed? All right, Mark, we're finally bringing you in. Thank you for being Mark made no us. expressions at all when I was saying. I was trying to get a tell from him, but yeah. he didn't smile at all during any of my little. He's got a poker face. Yeah, he does have a poker face. He's giving you nothing. Yeah, let's never play poker with Mark Bruno. Make sure. a note of that. <laughs> I like playing poker. I'm just not good at it. Okay, Mark, let's get you into the show. Please give us a little background on yourself and, of course, talk about our Mark with our listeners. Hey, Los, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's nice to see you, Jimmy and Chatsy, and uh, spend a little time just talking a little bit about the business and what's going on. So, uh, as always, thanks for the invite. But, um, no, look, I, you know, business is good and things are going well. And, and you know, as somebody who's worked in the industry my whole career, uh, it's always fun to spend a little time talking a little bit about it. But yeah, I mean, I just, I was a kid that grew up outside Chicago and um, we had a family restaurant that my aunt opened and we all worked in. And that led me to really say, I, I like this industry. I went off to hotel school, uh, figuring that I would uh, come back to Chicago and, you know, open another family restaurant or do something with the, with the business. But uh, I found that it's a whole big world out there. And as we all know, there's a lot of opportunity across food service globally. And so I ended up doing a summer internship with Aramark. It was actually ARA back in the day. And uh, fast forward now 30 years, uh, I just celebrated my 30th anniversary with Aramark. I've spent my whole career here and it's really been uh, spectacular. I've been able to go from a summer intern to a management trainee now to the chief operating officer overseeing our businesses across the U.S. Um, I get to participate in uh, all of our Olympic events. And uh, ooh, ooh, interesting. You notice yeah. how we just so, Olympics up? Olympics. Michael Olympics. We'll see about that. But, uh, oh, that was a tell. <laughs> but it, it's been great. It's been great. So I get to, uh, you know, work with uh, just wonderful people and have seen things all across the globe in my travels and my career. You know, I'm, I'm a really lucky guy that I've been able to do this kind of thing. So Marcus, before Shatsy jumps in, has anyone yeah. called you the Cal Ripken of of the food service industry or, or of Aramark? I mean, summer intern, 30 years later, C-suite now. Talk yeah. about loyalty, commitment, you to them and them to you. I think that's an awesome it's an awesome story uh, that to have such an experience 
uh, and to evolve with a, with a single company and one that is, is, has the prowess that Aramark does in the space. Well, I think it's a great it's a great point. I mean, it's not usual today, but there's a lot of examples like that at, at Aramark, uh, my colleagues who have done similar things. And I think part of it is just the type of company we are, right? Sure, it's large and people know uh, that we've got a lot of size and scale, but the things that we get involved in um, and the types of clients we serve across all different industries is is really something special. And that's, I think, what gives people the opportunity to have an incredible career at a company like ours. Um, uh, it's not for everyone in terms of the way people's careers will will progress, but it certainly has been for me. And, uh, and I, again, I feel very lucky and fortunate to be able to participate in some of the things that we've done. And I've had a lot of fun uh, all along the way. But uh, yeah, I, look, I mean, you must have. I mean, 30 years there. I'm just looking. I mean, you guys are, are you guys do Super Bowls. You do World Series. I mean, you do uh, political conventions. I mean, you guys are like, to the, you're like the world's largest. I mean, you do the world's largest events of the Olympics and things like that. So mm -hmm. you, you've seen it all 30 years. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I, I mean, Aramark started as a small company that's grown over time. We've got 275,000 employees around the globe. You guys need our work. <laughs> I wrote it down, Jimmy. So uh, I was I was listening to what you were saying. So uh, you know we're headquartered in Philadelphia, but we serve all across the U.S., nineteen other countries, and um, you know we've got thousands and thousands of client locations, and we serve millions of customers each and every day. Um, and it, and it's fun, whether it's sports and leisure business, our college and uh, university K twelve business. Uh, serving education, healthcare, business and industry, refreshments. I mean, the list goes on. So the the size is big, the scale and, and um, you know, complexity is massive. And to your point, Shatsi, some of the some of the big events that we get to participate in are really something special, right? It takes a special breed and a special character to, um, you know, to, to execute one of these big events. I, I use the example once, you know, if you got a call, if you're running a restaurant, you got a call and said the president of the United States would like to come over and have dinner tonight. You kind of stiffen up and, and, you know, oh my God, there's a lot of pressure. I panic. I go with the full panic, get Xanax <laughs> out, Xanax would be out and I panic. <laughs> so managing one of these big events, take an Olympics or as you said, a Super Bowl. now you got almost every world leader attending. And you've mm -hmm. got, you know, thousands and thousands of people and you got millions, if not billions of eyeballs watching on TV. Um, the, the, the complexity and stress can be pretty high. You got what you got one chance to get that right. And, um, you know, I, I, I have a lot less hair than I did when I started my career. And part of it is because <laughs> of well, 30 years ago, you should have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, Mark, I, I like to say in the industry that I find it often it's, a, it's misunderstood because particularly as it comes to food service, people can, they make, they know how to feed themselves. They can cook mm -hmm. something. Maybe they can cook some eggs, a burger, they make sandwich. They, they, they can feed themselves. And then I think about restaurants and I'm like, but they can't run a restaurant where you have to serve X hundreds of covers in a very narrow period of time. And, but, and now scale it up to Aramark, you're talking about a, a spaces are holding tens of thousands of people um, for a finite period of time and they need to be served. Again, it's, it's, it's on a different level. And again, it's not better or worse. It's just people who can feed yourselves, good for you. But when you're going to outsource it and you're going to come to our venues or our venues yep. supported by our mark, understand the complexity 
of what's going on. Um, but listen, our longtime listeners know that we spend a lot of time talking about famous restaurants and how they got their start. Uh, Dave's Hot Chicken, for example, was started by four friends in East Hollywood parking lot. Shake Shack, and I always find this one to be particularly funny because it's an awesome, awesome restaurant company. It started as a hot dog cart um, in New York City, somewhat to help save right Madison Square Park. Right here, Madison Square Park. It was a pop-up. And then In-N-Out Burger was a simple drive-through uh, setup uh, in the back of Harry and Esther Snyder's California home. Oh, I remember right? that. Oh, Esther. She made a <laughs> great Harry and Esther. But, but, but it good turns burger. out, you know, and as you kind of alluded to, Aramark has a similar kind of story. A young man named, named David uh, Davidson uh, began selling peanuts out of his old Dodge um, in Los Angeles. And it would become the foundation for what eventually become known as Aramark. So what can you tell us about how to, this, how to, how to get its name? This, this evolution to become Aramark. What does Aramark yeah. mean? Well, that's a good question. Um, and it started from that peanut vending business that Davey Davidson opened 90 years ago. Um, and ARA, which was the, the precursor to Aramark, stood for Automated Retailers of America. It started as a vending company. And um, uh, you see the nugget, you're dropping knowledge. I Mark mean, is dropping honestly, knowledge. I gotta uh, tell so, you, that's, we don't, there's nothing more you have to say, Mark. That, thank you. <laughs> it's great having you on the pod. That's awesome. This was great. No problem. <laughs> Back to work, that. right? <laughs> I th- so I that, that was like Amazon. Like, I wanted the A. I want the A. I want to be at the top of the food chain. Yeah. So, uh, look, it started as a vending company, and over time, we grew into serving, uh, you know, different types of clients and getting into the food service arena. And, and today it's really about serving food, managing facilities, um, and uniforms, uh, to these different types of clients and all the different types of industries that we serve. Um, it, it came to be by, you know, you talk about big and small, right? I, you know, we have to focus on serving a high end meal to a head of state, uh, to executives, to, you know, big wigs across all different types of industries, to feeding masses, right? 80,000 people coming to an NFL game or, uh, you know, tens of thousands of athletes that are uh, preparing for, you know, their Olympic event sure. uh, in the middle of a, a, of a country halfway around the world. So um, we do everything in, in, in between. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the core passion that we've got is, is serving customers, um, uh, serving our clients, right? Cause we're guests in their home. It's one of the things that people don't really understand when they think about Aramark. Oh, it's big food. They see our trucks on the road, you, delivering uniforms. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, not one of our locations is the same. Every single one is different. And other than a couple of our offices around the country and our global headquarters here in Philadelphia, um, every single one of our operations is in somebody else's house whether it's a campus or a hospital or a, a business or a stadium. And so we have to take that, you know, we've got an extra level of people that we're serving. It's not just the customers that eat our food or uh, it's also the clients that we serve. So it's a, a B2B to C company uh, and not everybody has that, that, that type of environment. So we have yes, more no, things sure to think about. A, a whole level of complexity without a doubt. You know, you mentioned uniforms. I think we've got breaking news on the podcast. You know, we love breaking news on the Hangout, Jimmy. We're basically the CNBC of hospitality podcasts. Yes, that's you what know I understand. That. Yeah, whether and we've got breaking, breaking news. news. Yeah, no, but we have breaking news. Aramark's uniform services business is being spun out into its own public company. Okay? That wow. is breaking news. 
Mark, what can you tell us about this strategy? I mean, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I know that you guys are in the uniform business, but then you see the trucks, like you said, but what can you tell us about this new, this strategy spinning this off? That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I unfortunately can only say so much because we're a public company, but, uh, <laughs> I was about to but, say there's uh, only so much you can say about yeah. <laughs> You're well, right no about that. This podcast, Mark, so you can say whatever you want. I mean, really, it's just the three of us, basically. Yeah. That, that's like a phishing email, Shatsy, you know, like, yes. uh, trying to get me to do something that I don't want to do. But, uh, no, look, I think it's a great strategic move for both businesses. It's great for shareholders. And, you know, we announced to do, we intend to spin it this year. Um, and, uh, I would say stay tuned and we're very excited about it. It'll be a good thing. Very All right. Breaking news. It's breaking there news. You got stay it. tuned. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. I tell you, listen, if you've ever heard my colleagues or partners, uh, tell a story about branded, uh, the founding of branded, you, you might've heard Chatsy or Julie kind of joke that I, I discovered seamless web. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's actually uh, completely false. That's not true. Um, but in reality, Seamless Web was pitched um, to uh, the bank, the company I was working for in Midtown when we were transitioning from the unruly order from wherever you want for the weekend warriors and evening workers. And they wanted to rein it in as a corporate solution, really a corporate accounting solution, trackability, accountability. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to have certain restaurants onboarded to kind of maintain control. So my only value add was quickly calling Shatsy and saying, hey, we have a restaurant and a few restaurants in the delivery zone. We should look at this platform so we can continue to order food from, from our joints. And that was good fun. Um, but, you know, in the spirit of Michael Jordan, who says, uh, you know, about missing 100% of the shots you don't take. I would say that, you know, while where we were all onto something early adopted, it was as early adopted as a seamless web, it was actually Aramark that scored. Um, and you guys hit the winning shot when you acquired the company back in 2006, um, with the acquisition of seamless web. Fast forward today, we all know seamless was spun off. It merged with Grubhub, which was then acquired by Just Eat, um, Takeaway. Uh, my question really is around Aramark's acquisition strategy. Are you continuing to look at those types of shots, pun intended, um, in the acquisition area? Or is there anything you could share, you know, along those lines of your strategy? Is it, is it, is it acquire the best in class? Is it build? But what's your thinking on some acquisition opportunities? Way, way ahead of themselves on that purchase. Way ahead of themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, at the time, I remember it was a little bit non-traditional for people to think about Aramark getting into that. Somebody stage. got fucked out bet for that acquisition, Jimmy. Ooh, I don't know about that. You don't think so? I don't know. Well, I don't know. All right, Mark, tell us. <laughs> it, it was it was a it was a great it was a uh, it was a home run to use uh, you know an intended. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. The noise. Someone got a raise then. Yeah, promotion. Promotion. It was Mr. And Bruno's idea. <laughs> It was certainly not my idea, but it was, I thought it was a great one when we, when we engaged in it. And, you know, look, we, we serve corporate clients. It started as a company that served, you know, essentially late night options for Mm -hmm. folks working on wall street and law firms, financial firms, et cetera. Um, and you know, fast forward to today, it's, it's obviously a way of life at the time. It was kind of isolated to Manhattan and, and, and a certain clientele. Now it's widespread. So right. it was a home run in the sense that it gave us another offering to offer our clients that we served. Uh, but ultimately, it was really its own company that as it grew and the space grew, it made a lot of sense. Grubhub came in and acquired it. And, um, you know, ultimately, it was wonderful for Aramark. I think to your question, the the intent, we, we have the same type of philosophy uh, when we think about M&A and partnerships. 
really because, you know, for us to bring innovation to all these different client locations we have, uh, sometimes we think about, you know, do we have the capabilities and we just build it ourselves? Uh, sometimes we think, uh, all right, is there something that we want to either borrow or partner with? And sometimes we buy a capability. But ultimately, we look what we're looking for uh, when we think about M&A is does it bring us a capability that quickly that we don't have and we can scale across our footprint? Does it bring us some sort of access to technology or innovation that, you know, we wouldn't be able to do ourselves? Does it bring us some sort of people or talent that makes sense for us? Um, mm-hmm. And so our acquisitions over the time, you know, I started when I started with the company in 1993, it was it was, a, you know, a, a couple billion dollar company. And, and now we're eight, nine times that. And um, most of that has been through. Uh, just organic growth, uh, not a ton of M&A. But when we do do it, uh, we do it in a way that's very thoughtful and we do it in a way that adds some capability and scale to to what we can capitalize on given the size and strength of Aramark. Uh, yeah, I a think lot of a, what we do is partnerships. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's great. I think it's a good segue into as you talk about partnerships and things like that. I don't think a lot of people understand that you guys at Aramark are really probably, you're one of the largest franchisers and partners of brands like, you know, in the world. I mean, you guys are really a, a leader in, in in finding great brands and franchising those brands so you can bring them to all the different facilities, the college campuses, and those kids mm-hmm. are all looking for the newest, coolest stuff. They don't want your traditional cafeteria, you know, you know, when we were younger, Jimmy, the mm-hmm. cafeteria. They want brands today, uh, even the hospitals today, the stadiums, obviously, all what it used to be back in the day it would just be generic. Now they all want brands. Uh, share a little bit about your strategy behind your partnerships and and what kind of brands you're looking for and how do you find a brand and and you know and and, and kind of the franchising brands versus maybe your own kind of white label solutions. Sure, sure. So ultimately, it's a mix. And if you you said it, Chatsy, the the customers that we serve are always looking for innovative ideas, brands that they recognize on the street, and you know. I'll speak for myself. I don't know about you guys, but we uh, let's just say we all could cook the world's greatest pizza, right? right. Or hamburger or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, but there's brands out there that mean something to individuals. And so yep. we could try and fool ourselves and, and serve millions of meals, all white label, or mm-hmm. we can invite in others that do it very well and have brands that resonate. So I'll give you a quick trivia question. So you talked about Shake Shack. From you, not, not, I, I mean, look here, this is, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Let's do it. Interesting. You talked about Shake Shack uh, and opening, you know, with a hot dog cart. That was location number one. Where was location number two? Ooh. Location two, Shake Shack. Location two, I'm, Shake I'm, I would have said New York City. City Field. City Field. You got it, Chatsy. Were you looking off screen? Was somebody helping you? Met fan. No, Danny's a huge Met fan. I remember that. City yeah. Field. I remember that whole thing. Yeah. Was that you got you guys did that? Because you had City that's, Field. You have City Field, right? That's your that's your operation. We have since it opened and we helped plan it and we worked with Danny and his team. And that was Shake Shack number two that Aramark was operating. So check out the big brain on Chatsy. Oh, I, like nice I gotta work. go. Mom exo- I gotta go. <laughs> My head's throbbing right now. <laughs> I dug that one up. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's but really, it, it really is cool. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. You're yeah. right. No, it, it, look, we have over 2000 franchises that we operate 
across Aramark with over 100 brands. If you did sub-brands, we're close to 200 different brands that we work with. So there's not a lot of operators that have, and and, and by the way, that's, that's across a, a spectrum of all those types of brands. So the amount of energy that we put into making sure that we uphold the standards of those brands, but bring them to college students, to, you know, faculty, to people that are visiting hospitals, into stadiums. So it's brands, it's established restaurant brands, it's partners, it could be culinarians, chefs. Um, all of that has been really a winning formula for us. We intend to continue to do that because it, it provides a great offering uh, for individuals. And that's what people want. That's what I uh, agree. Yeah. yeah. You and Chatsy both kind of touched on it. But before we move on, um, we talked about you, you guys mentioned education and students and you just said faculty professors, you know, and, and yes, I agree. Chatsy back in with you and me and, and I'm going to guess Mark is in our sport of of, of of age. Dining in cafeterias were a little different. Um, pizza you know, Fridays, Jimmy. I love that pizza Friday. Yeah. Was it was it fried? Is the food fried? Is it beige? Was it beige is good? Well, it was Elio's um, pizza on Friday. Okay. Pizza. But, um, but I think you, you're alluding to the movement to sophistication while you still have to be consistent. So, you know, students right now want more meal choices and, and healthy foods are no longer being sighted. They, they're really being coveted and desired, especially branded foods. Oh. Um, so for college students, you know, gone are the days of their traditional dining hall. And now they're looking for brands and pop-ups and they want food halls. Vegetarian, gluten-free. Yes. I mean, they got it all. You got to be all right. You got to be everything now. So as one of the vegan. Le- yeah. So as one of the leaders in the space, you know, this shift in dining preferences you know, what are the intricacies of, of bringing these multiple brands to all that all operate differently and bringing that into the universities, colleges, and you said K through 12 as well. How do you bring all this stuff in? Probably not K through 12 brands, but how do you bring it in? Yeah, no, but I mean, I got college kids now, Jimmy. I go to those campuses down at Tulane, Miami. I mean, they've got all the top brands in those in those food areas that you and I were in college. That, that was not, it was just I don't. It was just food. There was no. Na- there was the, no U, na- the U is so expensive. They got a Rayos down in the cafeteria. They got Rayos. <laughs> That's how expensive the U is. Exactly. Yeah. No. It is interesting though. But Mark, how are you guys delivering, or how are you shifting in these dining preferences? Because the the uh, your customers, your audience, they've shifted. Right. So look, you, you mentioned earlier, everybody's a, a critic and an expert on food because they feed themselves yes. with the proliferation of media, uh, with t- cooking shows, with the Food Network, with social media. Everybody's got a perspective that's far deeper than it was when we were kids. And the demand that comes as a result of that for quality, making sure that um, we bring innovation and, and, and authentic tastes to people is not just isolated. It, it hasn't moved down in age. Um, I'll be honest with you. you. You you said it's not really in high schools. It is. I was in a high school last week in Texas and there's, you know, there's homemade white label brands, but there's corporate brands that uh, resonate and, and students eat. Um, so there are brands making their way, you know, further down in terms of the age group. And what that's leading to is a is a need to make sure that whatever the brands are, uh, whether they're uh, you know one that we do or one that we bring in as a, from a partner or a franchisee, um, you've got to bring authentic quality mm-hmm. to individuals, and so we're seeing it in K twelve through through high, uh, colleges for sure. 
Um, and then as people go out into the workplace where they go play at a, at a stadium or a national park or mm-hmm. you know any of these other types of locations. So we see it across the entire spectrum and, and hospitals. Right. So we may not have brands yeah, when you're no, a patient. I remember, yeah. I remember Seinfeld Grammar was loving the uh, hospital food, but you go to the hospital today. <laughs> I mean, they got brands. Now they, they want Starbucks in there. Their and, yeah. It's absolutely. all sorts of good. Yeah. They got good bagels now. They got good stuff. They absolutely do. And and that's part of why we we utilize brands and partners to, to bring it to life. And look, I think, um, you know, we're always looking for uh, great partners and great brands to work with. Um, and I think to your point, Shatsi, what I see in the future um, is a continued uh, prevalence of not only the dietary requirements where it's, it's gluten-free, vegan, plant-forward, you name it, but also um, one thing that's becoming uh, increasingly important is the uh, approach that food takes with allergens. And so we see it, uh, especially on college campuses, that there's a particular need to make sure that the food that you're serving uh, doesn't trigger allergens. And, you know, it went from kind of one or two allergens that people will, you know, nuts, but, but now there's, you know, uh, nine, 10 allergens that are, that are common and you've got to factor into your, um, the menu planning and, and, and how well, I can you only think imagine. About I know when you go out today, everybody's got, uh, the waiters always come over. Are there any allergens? And then inevitably some of the tables always got something. Right. And then I never have dinner with them again. <laughs> no, I, listen, before we move on to, to talking yeah. back, I, I do want to highlight, um, Mark, you use the word quality and, um, and I would, I'll add to that the word value. Um, value mm-hmm. is not about expensive or inexpensive. It's about, does the guest feel they got value for what it is they ate? And you talked about the quality. I think we're in a, we're in a period of digital transformation and I, and I think it's, it's going to continue. It's all important, but no one can lose sight of the quality factor that you just highlighted. If that burger or otherwise gets to you super fast and the quality was less than, or the, the value was less than, you're just not going to order it. You're not going to go back. And I think, uh, I think no one should ever forget that the hospitality business, particularly in the food service business, is about the quality and the consistency for a lot of the franchises you're working at. But I just love that you said it because so many people come on talking about other aspects of the industry, and they're all important. But you cannot usurp and replace quality because then no one's coming yeah, back. It seems like speed always yes. gets the front seat of yep. quality. And I say it's quality first, yes. speed second. I'll, I'll wait a few extra minutes for the for the higher quality bit. But okay, here's our here's our talking back section. Chats and I obviously started this uh, podcast because we like talking to people. We learned along the way that sometimes our guest has a question for us, so we'd like to say, Mark, nothing's off the table. We're going to pass mm. the microphone to you, and uh, the mic is yours. Nervous. Wow. Well, that's and now 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 I'm getting nervous. And uh, no, look, I think uh, it's always fun to ask a tough question. No, I, I think let's, yeah, you, let's you, go. The, the, the city field, that's done. That's yesterday, Shats. Here comes the new question. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I might go easy on you guys. I, I would love to know three things for each of you that are always have to be in your refrigerator. Ah. Oh, well, that's yeah. Thank you, Mark. That is easy. <laughs> that's actually, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I all, well, first of all, there's always, there's always white wine in my refrigerator. Mm. Ding ding! I would have said I would have said that for you. There's always white wine. Yes, yeah. uh, there's always there's always vermouth. Always uh, uh, antica formula <laughs> vermouth. You're, you're and, setting a theme here. You're yeah, because I always have to have a Negroni and uh, and white wine, and then. Uh, Ketchup. There's always ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard white wine, 
vermouth for your Negronis and ketchup. Yeah, because the kids always want a, uh, a chicken it, nugget or it, something. It's funny, if, Mark, if you would have asked me this question, let's say six to seven years ago, my daughter is six and a half, uh, mm-hmm. I would have had a very different answer. So the first thing that came to mind are one of the things that no matter what time of night or morning it is, if we don't have these things in the fridge, yeah. we don't have these things in the house, yeah. I got to go get it. Yeah. And it's milk. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, it is um, it is ketchup. My mm, daughter likes her ketchup, and and it's and it's and it's this this can last for a while, but it's grape jelly because my daughter mm. likes her peanut butter and jelly with grape jelly. If there's no jelly in the fridge, oh. Jimmy, go get the thing. Now, if it was my preference, I would say to Shad, I'll surprise you a little bit. I love keeping a bottle of sake in the fridge ah, because yeah. I have to tell you, on the occasion of ordering in sushi, sushi yeah. I find the sake with the sushi at home is one of my favorite things. Yeah, but it's, but I don't always have it in the fridge. But when I do, I feel very special. So I gave you four. Three for my daughter and one for me. Well, I'm going to add one more to me. If, you, if you're going that way, then I would replace ketchup, but there's always cold beer. So oh, no, it's a six pack. I thought you were going to go with vodka. I thought, you know, I thought you were going to go with vodka in the freezer. He didn't say freezer, though. He said fridge. Vodka, he said fridge. Yeah, I'm not a vodka. All right, very good. Like question. Good question. I question. like that. I like that. I got to tell you, now we got to jump into, we got to jump into a little Food service feud, Jimbo. Okay, we're gonna. It's time to be a little, a little celebrity edition food service feud with Mr. Bruno and and the uh, the finance guy. Okay, we we every week in LinkedIn we do a whole bunch of um, uh, uh, polls, a lot of questions on LinkedIn. We ask over a hundred million people on LinkedIn. Ten, yes, ten. (laughs) <laughs> 10 people respond. We ask over 100 million people a question or a, a series of questions, and we've got the top answers on the board. Mr. Bruno, are you ready to play? I believe so, yes. All right, okay, here we go. So I'm going to ask you both a few questions, and I will give you the uh, the, the opportunity to give uh, – I will give you the choices. Which celebrity musician got their start working as a food vendor at a sports stadium? Okay, Ooh. is it – Mr. Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, John Legend, or John Mellencamp? I'm going. I'll go ding. Oh, well, oh, Jimbo, I, I don't know. It was a time thing, but yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. I can, I can defer to you, Mark, but I'm going. I'm going with uh with Mellencamp. Go yeah, John that Mellencamp. was going to be mine answer too. I got to tell you, it's a good answer, and it's on the board, Mr. Bruno. Would you care to guess? I was going with Mellencamp. I, I think the other three right now. You, so. you, you're both correct because all four, all four, all four of those celebrities, all four. Bruce Springsteen was a custodian at the Asbury Park Convention Hall. Madonna worked as a vendor at Yankee Stadium. She sold hot dogs and peanuts at bait to fans of baseball games. John Legend was the choir director at the 76ers stadium. And John Cougar Mellencamp worked as a ticket taker at minor league stadium in Indiana. So I got to tell you, that is awesome. All four musicians worked at stadiums doing various jobs. So there it goes, Jimmy. That makes them better people. I got to tell you, I love, let's do that every week where no matter what answer the guest or I give, we're right. That is so much better than that. I usually embarrass myself in that. And this time we were all, we were correct. I love that. Well, let me ask you something. Do you think that if Yankee Stadium were using our work, that Madonna, that like Madonna could have used our work. She would never she, become Madonna. Would have never been Madonna. She would have just gone up the food service food chain. Yeah. Like you, she may never, we may never have had that whole Vogue. Remember Vogue, Vogue, and strike the pose. I, I, I like how the four people, you could have gone with Bruce on that, but you went with Madonna. All right, I like Madonna. Right. You know, it's one name. 
It, it's like Shatsy. Shatsy. Yes. You always say that I'm Shatsy. like Madonna. And Cher. And Cher. Like, you say I'm like Cher a lot. Shatsy. Yeah. Well, anyway. Shatsy's like Madonna. And yeah. Well, that's a, good, that's a good one. That's a good one, though. That's All a good right. one. Listen, at the top of the show, I gave you, we played the game. I gave you two truths and a lie. Two truths and a falsity. Okay. Quick recap. Here they go. Fact one. Mark helped launch roadfood.com in 1999, which won Yahoo's Best Website Award in 2000. Fact two. Mark finished the old 49er Steak Challenge in 37 minutes, fourth fastest time, at Billy Bob Jack's Barbecue Shack. Love the name. And finally, fact three. Mark has seen every one of Michael Phelps' Olympic medals in person. Shatsy, Mark was dropping hints about Olympics. He's Aramark's posting Olympics. What do you, was that, was that a ruse? You know, once he dropped that, then I had it, because I thought there was so much detail in, in the whole roadfoot.com and which won Yahoo's best website of 2000. You know, but that was 99, 99. He, he was at Aramark. He was in the weeds at Aramark. He was at Aramark. He's doing crazy stuff over there. He did like that whole seamless web purchase. So I, I'm going to have to say that Mark Finn, I, I'm going to have to say two and three are correct. Roadfood.com. I don't think he launched Roadfood.com. I think he was too busy uh, doing the whole seamless web thing. How about them apples? All right, we're going to let Mark play. I'm going with one is true. I'm going three is true. And I'm actually saying we, we got tricked a little bit here. I think two might be true as well, but he didn't finish in 37 minutes. It was 38. Or he didn't get fourth place uh, all time. It was fifth. I think I think it's one of the all true but slightly yeah. tweaked. I'm going one and three. Oh, man, Mark, man. you're up. Okay, well. Uh, there was a time when I was at Aramark where I actually went back to get my MBA. So during that time I was getting my MBA, I helped launch roadfood.com with Jane and Michael Stern. So that was a, that was a great, uh, kind of side project with two wonderful people, uh, and road food you've probably heard of over, over the years, Jane and Michael Stern are great, uh, industry folks. The yep. old 49er steak challenge at Billy Bob Jack's Barbecue Shack in Ithaca, New York, which is no longer. Um, a friend of mine said, let's go try it. And I did. So it was a 49 ounce steak, uh, two sides, a loaf of Texas toast. And uh, I did it in 37 minutes, which was the fourth fastest time. Oh, so that is did. true. Michael Phelps Olympic medals. So here's Michael Phelps has 28 Olympic medals. I saw them all live in person, each one of them in Athens in 2004, in Beijing in 2008, and uh, in London in 2012. In 2016, you'll remember Michael Phelps came back. He won six more medals at those games, but I only saw a couple of them. So it is three is wrong. That's the lie. It was three was so close. Well, it was like he tweaked it. I didn't see every medal. I saw like 80% of the medals, but not all. Yeah. But okay, there it is. It was one and two. Shatsy, we took a loss on this one. Yeah, but I, I, half. I got half. I think got I got half, half credit. I think <laughs> I got half credit. I know the Olympics thing kind of threw me. Take it to the judges. That's, all right, listen. I, I, that, was, that was awesome, by the way. That was a great one. I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. Uh, listen, let's get into the uh, branded quick fire, all right? Oh, it's such a good segment. Oh, yeah. We're going to ask you, Mr. Bruno, we're going to ask you five lightning round questions. I don't want you to okay. think too hard, too long. Whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. This is the greatest. Uh, this is the greatest <laughs> segment of any podcast in all podcast history. Joe, Rog Joe right Rogan wants the debate. We have to debate you on that. We will get Joe Rogan. He knows it. He knows it. <laughs> when it comes to golf, do you play the 18 holes or drink at the 19th? Oh, I'm eating and drinking at the 19th, waiting for you to come off. Yeah, it sounds like Jimmy. That's my. That's Where my are you game. getting dinner from tonight, sir? Oh, tough. Uh, you know, I'm a pizza guy at heart. Philly's uh, an up-and-coming pizza city, so I'm going to split the difference here. I'm either going to Stella's by Steven Starr, 
uh, or nice. I would go to the new uh, Pizzeria Shatsy by Mark Vetri. Either one. Ooh, Not Shatsy. place. <laughs> no, I, I, I misspoke. It's Salvi. Pizzeria ah, Salvi. So, who's, uh, if it was Shatsy, so. I'd have to go. <laughs> You'd have to be there. So, you know. No, it's, it's, just, it's literally been open two weeks. So it's uh, good oh, stuff. Nice. Great stuff. I love it. And Stephen Stark does an amazing work. Uh, what's your favorite food scene in the world? Well, who I'm going to say I have, I would love to eat. Um, I'm going to go with Rome. Rome. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. No, you know, honestly. Yeah. Where's your favorite food? What your favorite place to travel? Wow. So I've been all over the world, but I, I love, there's two types of trips I love taking. One is just to va- relax on the beach with my wife and kids. Uh, and the other is like I'm doing uh, shortly is uh, bounce around a country and eat my way through the uh, the city, see the sights. So is that Italy, um, where you going? I'm going to Italy. So yeah, you can't yeah. go back. Yeah, come on, man, bounce around Italy. So 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 great. I love it. I love it. All right, here's where we go. This is where things get a little hairy, a little sticky. Okay. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to an old school game of pinball, arcade pinball, arcade the old pinball, pinball right? Wow. What do you have better odds of beating? So I have a couple of old school arcade pinball games. So I'm going to say I'm pretty damn good at it. But something yeah. tells me you save that the Jimmy ball with the flipper and keep it up there. Yeah. You know, uh, something tells me that Jimmy is a master. So I'm going to say I could beat Chatsy at that. Yeah, because Jimmy's a New York City kid. I feel like they had pinball machines. They had pinball machines. You know, like yeah. in like in, in Times Square. Actually, I think I got a decent pinball game, although I thought he might have gone with you. I mean, meaning beat me tougher to play against you because you basically spent your entire youth. Your entire youth. I was more playing, video games. More, yeah, you were more video, uh, video games. You know, yeah. like Asteroids That's and Pac-Man. Point. I was not being social at the arcade. You were, you were Yeah, I was games. sitting on a couch in the basement with a TV and doing some Nintendo. First yeah. time I got mugged, by the way, at an arcade playing pinball. We're on 42nd? Uh, uh, 70-something in First Avenue. I had my quarters lined up, and the gentleman walked over and goes, you can leave now. When it but my, my quarters, he goes. Leave those. How, how old were you? I don't know. Not ten years old. Oh man, you got mugged at ten. Killed character. I left the quarters. <laughs> I left the quarters. But I went I back it. the next day to play again. Okay, listen, Mark. Thank you for that, and thank you for everything. It was super fun uh, having you on the podcast with us, and and we so appreciate uh, you spending the time. We know you're super busy, but we love your team at Aramark. Uh, we love so many of, the, of the, the venues. As you said, you're playing in other people's houses. I was thinking there's that famous like high school chant when the home team says, you know, whose house? Our house? Yeah. They get our markets. Whose house? Your house. We're going to make it better. We're going to yeah. make your house. Your house. We're going to make it very special. Uh, but no, really love what you and your team are doing, uh, the industry and the, and the, uh, the innovation and the helping with this transformation we're going through, uh, but appreciate all of it. Um, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with Mark directly, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make the introduction for you. And to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We're rolling through. Uh, we continue to grow our subscriber base, which allows us, A, to have wonderful uh, you know, brands like Our Work working with us. And we've got a whole lot of other things coming up in the future. Uh, always want to make this worthy of your time. So thank you for tuning in with us. Again, a thank you to Our Work for sponsoring this episode of the Hospital Hangout. And if you want to learn more, more about Our Work, please visit OurWork.com. Finally, Shatsy, love doing the show with you. So this is I Jimmy Frischling, your yep. finance guy, with gratitude and appreciation to Mr. Bruno. And I'm passing back to you to Mark, close what's this out. what's the URL? Is it OurMark.com? People want to find more information about all the different things you guys do? That's right, OurMark.com. OurMark.com. Check it out. I got to tell you one last thing. Jimmy, 
we're doing a we're doing a newsletter every every week, and you are the the champion author. Hospitalityheadline.com. I got to tell you, if you're not a subscriber, go check out hospitality.com. Subscribe because I got to tell you, you get Jimmy's commentary every <laughs> week, and it is really his insights into what's happening in the business. Let me tell you, it's a four and a half hour read. But you can do it in parts. You can do it in parts. You wake up early, have coffee, do part one. And at lunch, run a marathon, come back, back, read the next piece. At lunch, you do a little bit more. And then then you get dinner. You can have a little bit more. And then before bed, you finish up. But no, all kidding aside, it's a great read. Hospitalityheadline.com. Check it out. Uh, Cheers, everybody. This is Jackson signing off. Thanks. Cheers. Awesome. 